What's going on, guys and gals? It's 8-Bit Ray from the Gorilla Brain Podcast, and you are listening to the Geek World All-Star Podcast Network. Broadcasting very fast and very dangerous from the planet Malastare, you are listening to So Wizards. You're thinking, you're people gonna die? The only podcast to make the Kessel Run in under 12 parsecs. There'll be no one to stop us this time. What's going on, everybody? It is time for episode number 351 of the So Wizard podcast. I'm your host, Joey DiCarlo. My co-hosts are the queen of all nerds, Aubrey Litchfield. Hi. And the expert, Mr. Marquis, Marcellus Riggins. Yo, what is going on, everybody? Welcome to the show. You are listening to So Wizard Podcast, where three friends discuss the world of nerd podcasting weekly on the Geek World All-Stars Podcast Network. This week, we are going to be reviewing the entire season. Direct from Disney Plus, it's the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. But before we get into all that, how is everybody doing this week? Marcellus Reagans, how the hell are you? I'm good. I'm doing pretty good. I realize that I really need to stay away from familyvideo.com because <laughs> it's free shipping. Uh, any purchases over $25. So naturally, whenever I go on there, I'm spending at least 25 bucks. But my DVD collection is looking pretty sweet. I try to avoid it. I try to uh, figure out ways to get certain movies cheaper but it did not work so uh familyvideo.com if you are looking to add more to your dvd collection because uh dvds will be extinct in a few years and i'm hoarding them all we'll know where to find them they're all at your house (laughs) exactly i have nice rental fees my late fees aren't really that bad either all right aubrey how are you this week um i'm living the dream you know it's uh the last week of school uh, and then we have finals all next week. So I guess there's that to look forward to. But I signed up for summer classes, so I <laughs> only get a couple weeks off and then I start again. So it's like I like to punish myself, I guess. So. I was just about to say that. You are a glutton for punishment. <laughs> it, it's really – I like to – I don't want to take a long time off and then have to go back and try to get back in the swing of things. It's easier for me to just keep going straight through. Uh, So I try to always keep up with summer classes because then I don't get lazy. That's cool. That's very cool. Joey, how are you doing? Um, okay. Um, to echo you, Mark Ellis, I also need to stay away from spending money. Yeah. What'd you get? Um, today they announced them today officially. So uh, of course the second they were available, I jumped onto Amazon and pre-ordered the entire wave of, uh, Marvel legends action figures for the Disney plus series oh, wave nice. one. <laughs> so it's Scarlet wish, Wanda white vision, uh, winter soldier, Falcon, captain America, Zemo with the jacket and the mask, uh, Loki and us agent, uh, John Walker. And then when you have all of them, it comes with each one comes an individual piece that you can put together that becomes uh, Falcon's Captain America wings. Okay. And you can snap the shield on the back and Red Wing and stuff like that. It looks really cool. So I had to get all of them. (laughs) 
<laughs> I was just going to get uh, Scarlet Witch and uh, Vision, and then I was like, ah, well, I might as well get the other ones. And I'm like, well, if I'm going to get the Falcon, then I'm, I I need his wings, so right. I might as well get all of them. <laughs> and uh, I wasn't going to get Loki, because it's honestly, it's a pretty boring figure. It's just him in a, a gray jumpsuit, and it doesn't even really come with much for accessories. But then I'm like, you know what's going to happen is like, the show's going to come out and we're going to love it. And I'll be like, oh, man, I really wish I had Loki in his gray jumpsuit. And it'll be like $100 or something on eBay at that point. So just said, fuck it. And I bought all of them. So. Yeah, that's what I did with a lot of Noah's Christmas presents is he always manages to want like this one specific hard to find item. And it's something I very easily could have pre-ordered but had no idea he would want it. So I just pre-ordered everything that I thought he would want this year for Christmas. Wow. <laughs> and I'm getting it all year round. So yep. he'll have Christmas presents coming in July. <laughs> yeah, between Star Wars Black Series, uh, G.I. Joe Classified, and Marvel Legends, I have probably like 20 action figures pre-ordered right now. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know, I just want the main MCU characters mm-hmm. in the legends. I'm not buying the comic book ones, even though I love comic books and I love the comic versions of these characters. Like I made a conscious decision that I was only going to stick with MCU stuff. And I only really want like one or two like main outfits of a character. So, you know, I don't need 15 versions of Spider-Man. I can get like one in a costume. And if he happens to get some kind of crazy different costume later on, maybe I'll buy that, but I don't need a bunch of different variants of it. But, you know, they got me with the build of wings. So yeah, I was going to say, you you know what's going to happen with Loki is that there's going to be uh, the version of Loki with the three-piece suit, the version of Loki with the big horn helmet, uh, short-haired, uh, uh, whatchamacallit, D.B. Cooper Loki. There's going to be all different versions of them. I don't need to get that crazy with them. I don't know why it's different for Star Wars because for Star Wars, I already have you know Luke in his X-Wing fighter pilot outfit. I have him in a Dagobah outfit. I have him in his Bespin fatigues. I have him in a ceremonial garb from the end of New Hope. And that's like fine. But for some reason, it's like, oh, I want one of each character for the rest of us. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I- I'm doing pretty well. I just got also <laughs> uh, about eight figures uh, i bought off my friend uh s dog who was paring down his collection and he's like do you need any of these and i was like holy shit because they were ones i needed and they're super expensive on the open market but he was willing to cut me a a pretty a really good deal because we're boys so um i didn't pay too much for him i I obviously he got a premium but not like crazy premium for him like he probably could have somewhere else so and he 3d printed me an avengers logo too i can put on the shelf so Nice. So the figures you got from him, are they Avengers or are they? Yeah, I got Spider-Man, Iron Spider, Spider-Man, regular Hulk. So it's just Hulk in ripped purple pants. Um, Ant-Man, Nick Fury, uh, Ragnarok, Thor. So Thor with the um, short hair. Fury. Oh, Oh, and Iron Man. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Yeah. Surprisingly, Iron Man was uh, a movie. Iron Man was really hard to find. Like they come out, they sell out, and then they're gone, and then you got to wait. And it's not like they're never going to release another Iron Man, like Tony Stark Iron Man. But I didn't want to wait, you know. Yeah. And who knows even know what version it would be, you know? But Legends releases a lot of figures every year, so that's the problem too. Like GI Joe has probably been like, I think there's been like twenty figures over the course of two years, and and Legends is probably like fifty a year. <laughs> so. 
you just have to calm down with it. But anyway, yeah, that's what I've been doing is spending money on shit I don't need. So nice. cool. <laughs> <laughs> Retail therapy. So enough about us. Let's talk about us. Mark Ellis, why don't you tell the listeners where they can find more So Wizard Podcast? All right. So everybody can go over to SoWizardPodcast.com where you will find a brand new episode every week. Uh, you'll also find some movie reviews from yours truly. Uh, you will find some recommendations on new movies, books, and TV shows from the awesome Adam Mollyhawk. Uh, you'll also find our merchandise there. We have a tea public store where you can shop to get some t-shirts, sweatshirts, journals, coffee mugs, baby onesies, all types of things with the So Wizard Podcast logo and designs all over it. Uh, you can also find our social media links there. We have Facebook. We have Twitter, we have Instagram, so definitely get at us. Uh, you can subscribe to us on iTunes and give us a five-star review while you're there. Uh, you can also find our show wherever podcasts are found, including Stitcher Radio app, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, my personal favorite, Spotify. We have a YouTube page with videos going up constantly from Adam Mollyhawk, including movie reviews, trailers, uh, trailer reactions and interviews uh, we have a patreon page where you can support the show for as little as a dollar a month and you will be receiving bonus content and exclusive content from everyone here at the show shout out to all of our podcasting family in the geek world all-stars podcast and network back to you joey Look at me, sure. Look at me, sure. I'm the captain now. Thank you, Sam Wilson. <laughs> All right, Mark Ellis, you got any news for us this week? Uh, there's a little bit of news. All right, let's drop that drop and let's talk that news. Yo, pump it up. It's time for the news. Yo, we getting ready to bring you the news, boy. All right, so in this uh, nerdy world post Zack Snyder's Justice League, uh, a group of uh, Marvel fans decided to get together and make a billboard in L.A. Uh, asking for the MCU to bring back Tony Stark. It's a giant billboard uh, with uh, last week's date stating, please bring back Tony Stark to the MCU. Now, um, in this, again, post-nerd world where... Fanboys are starting to get what they want. Do we really want Tony Stark back at this point in time after he had such a nice send off uh, at Avengers Endgame? And if they do bring him back, where will this madness end? Uh, so let's start with Aubrey. Aubrey, how do you feel about uh, a bunch of nerds spending money to beg Tony Stark to come back to the MCU? I think it's stupid. Um, I don't that Robert Downey Jr. doesn't want to do it anymore. Right. Which is fine. I think that he had a good story. He had a good ending. I don't really see a point in bringing him back. It's not like a character that I'm dying to continue to see. Even though, and don't get me wrong, Iron Man and Tony Stark are totally fine. But I think that they've gone on long enough and it's time to bring in new people and to see new things. And honestly, I think that Cherie's technology is better anyway. So, <laughs> Ouch. Shots fired. Um, <laughs> All right, Joey, what about you, dude? How do you feel about us nerds banding together to bring back one of our heroes? Uh, I agree. This is stupid. <laughs> I actually don't have a problem with people petitioning for things. I, I know the release of Snyder Cut people 
some of them, not all of them, some of them gave uh, gave it a bad name because they were a little overzealous. But uh, this has been going on forever. I mean, people used to write letters to networks to keep Star Trek from getting canceled back in the mm-hmm. 60s and stuff like that. I mean, this has been going on forever. I, I can't remember what it was, but the, the TV show Jericho was getting canceled and people were sending was it? I think it was like almonds or bags of peanuts or something to uh, CBS. I can't remember what what it was, but um, there's there's always been stuff like that. So uh, it's fine. It's just usually it has a point. So you know the there was a Zack Snyder cut. It was allegedly better than what was released, and people wanted it, and they went for it, and they got it. You know, people wanted a TV show to not get canceled, or they want this or that. You know, even. Super like out there wackadoos, like people that are demanding Disney reinstall all Star Wars Legends novels as canon. You could kind of understand at least a little bit because it's like, man, these guys read like 150 like giant novels and now it doesn't count. So they're upset. Like, uh, is there anybody that's like super upset that, that Tony Stark died? Like his he had a full story arc. His story was over 10 years across 23 movies practically and, and it, it made sense and it all worked well and, and it, it's done it's over now so that's it that's his story like there's no reason for him to come back i, I, I don't get it like yeah I, I don't i don't understand where the like groundswell like oh we were done so wrong that we need him to come back like we weren't though he had a great story and it was capped with a good ending and, and we're done like that's how stories work yeah, I, I didn't even know this was a movement. I didn't even know this was like a petition to be signed or anything. It just it seems could be to come one out of weirdo that had the money to make a, a billboard. <laughs> let's be real. This one guy who was like, "Okay, I'm going to stop buying DVDs and toys for a few months and just get a billboard." <laughs> Fam- no more family video. No more exactly. Marvel Legends. I'm getting a billboard. Uh, so that being said, I want to announce that I am no longer going to family video, but I will have a billboard that will flip between uh, Give Me Speed Racer 2 and uh, Lost in Space 2. <laughs> <laughs> Restore the Lost in Space cinematic universe. Exactly. <laughs> That's where my money is going from now on. So, uh, yeah, look for my petition pretty soon. Well, the, the funny thing is that we may even see him again anyway, because... Him as an AI of himself um, helping Riri Williams as right. Ironheart yep. is a big part of the, her storyline. So, like, you may see him anyway, or even just hear his voice. So, uh, like, just just relax, guys. Like, Marvel's got this. You know, it's, yeah. it's not like we're like huge fans, of, like Valiant, like really concerned after the release of Bloodshot. Like, I feel pretty <laughs> comfortable with any whatever Marvel's got coming down the pipe. So. And plus, Black Widow hasn't come out yet, and it's a prequel, so he actually might appear in that movie too. And then who knows? the guys who have the billboard to be like, we won <laughs> dozens <laughs> the of one us. guy, <laughs> his wife's like, good, take that shit down. Now it's costing money every month. <laughs> oh man. All right. So we'll see. We'll be following this story, uh, which m- with much interest. So then uh, the second bit of news is we're getting a remake of the haunted mansion. Uh, Disney's movie that came out before with uh, Eddie Murphy based on their theme park ride. Uh, this one is going to be directed by Justin Simeon who was also the director of Dear White People, and who was also attached to do the Lando event for Disney+. Plus. So I don't know why he's not working on that, and he's decided to go to the Haunted Mansion. Um, I would much rather see like that Lando show get developed, but that might have to do with uh, Donald Glover doing two seasons of Atlanta back-to-back. So Lando might be tied up for a while. But I don't know. I, I remember seeing the Haunted Mansion, I think, 
it was okay, if I remember correctly, but I don't know, with the Pirates of the Caribbean and with Jungle Cruise coming out, I'm sure they're going to milk all of their theme park movies uh, as much as they can. But what do you guys think of uh, a new Haunted Mansion? Let's go back to Joey. When's the uh, Space Mountain movie coming out? (laughs) Didn't they do that with The Rock? No, that was Witch Mountain. That was uh, Escape to Witch Mountain. You know what they say about Space Mountain, though? It's the oldest ride with the longest line. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. Anyway, um, yeah, I, I, I'm completely uninterested in this yeah. unless I saw a trailer that blew me away. Uh, Haunted Mansion is probably my favorite ride. At the, not in the entire Disney World, but definitely in Magic Kingdom. Haunted Mansion is my favorite ride. But I still – Pirates is pretty close, but Haunted Mansion's awesome. I, I, I don't have any interest in seeing this. The, the window was when the first movie came out and when it was stupid. Not stupid, but like it just wasn't great. Yeah. Um, it just – you know, it was a kid's movie. It wasn't for me anyway, but I, I'm just not interested at all. So. All right. All right. Aubrey, what about you? How do you feel about a new Disney Haunted Mansion movie? I didn't even see the first one, so I can't even say like that <laughs> I'm excited or that I wanted it or anything. I don't know anybody that was like, man, I really want a Haunted Mansion remake. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is just one of those things where they're like, okay, let's throw a bunch of movies into a hat and then pick out which one we're going to redo next. Yeah, they got to, like I said, they're going to keep pouring money into these theme park ride movies because Pirates did so well. So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if there's... They're setting up a Haunted Mansion trilogy. It wouldn't surprise me one bit. Yeah, I don't know. I I am very interested to see what Justin Simeon does. Uh, But like I said, I'm hoping for an update on this Lando event that that he's working on, too. All right. So then the last bit of news, uh, actually, that kind of ties into our main theme of of this week. Uh, As Joey said, we are going to be reviewing the Falcon and Winter Soldier TV show on Disney+. Uh, As soon as the finale was over, they announced that we are getting a Captain America 4. Uh, This one will be written by the TV showrunner, Malcolm Spellman, who kind of created the show for Disney Plus and oversaw the episodes. And he will have a co-writer, but this one will focus on our, spoiler alert, new Captain America. Uh, So, yeah. So, what do you guys think of Captain America Part 4 coming out after the events of this TV show that we just watched. Let's go back to Aubrey. So I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm cautiously optimistic. I'm, I'm excited to see what storyline takes place and what they're planning on talking about in the movie and what they're planning on um, addressing. Are they going to address one of the cliffhangers from the show kind of thing? I don't know. I didn't know. I trust in Marvel, so it, it's hard to not be looking forward to it Mm -hmm. all right joy what about you how do you feel about this announcement well without uh you know giving away what we're going to be talking about in a few minutes uh i'm excited you know the captain america trilogy the first three movies are are in my humble opinion the best superhero trilogy there is uh all three movies are great and obviously winter soldier is my favorite superhero movie of all time never mind just my favorite marvel movie so I'm excited. I love these characters. So anything to jump back into that world, I like the – I don't always want it to always be like this. So you know, I don't want it to always be grounded and you know stuff like this. But I do enjoy visiting that section of the universe for a while too. Not everything has to be uh, WandaVision or you know, 
Guardians of the Galaxy crazy nonsense, fucking Thanos and all this shit. Like it, it sometimes it's cool to just go see, you know, a little more grounded. I don't know how, how grounded you get with Falcon flying around in his Captain America costume, but <laughs> <laughs> like grounded, a little more grounded. So I, I enjoy it. I'm 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 looking forward to it. I just hope that uh, without the Russo brothers on board, we keep the cool uh, action sequences. So. Yeah, that's the thing that I'm a little bit worried about. I know, obviously, with Malcolm with Malcolm Spellman uh, writing the script, there's gonna be some some more thought provoking ideas in it. It's not just gonna be a typical superhero movie, uh, but I am hoping that they follow the pattern that the Russo brothers kind of laid out, uh, making these movies um, not superhero movies, but genre movies that happen to have superheroes in it, uh, and keeping it up with the action. Um, I know the the writer of uh, one of the co writers of John Wick. Uh, who also wrote uh, Nobody uh, in the theaters. He wrote the, he was executive producer of the show and he wrote the middle two episodes, uh, episodes three and four. So I'm going to assume that once this movie gets underway, he's going to come back and put some of that, uh, put some of that uh, John Wick action touches into it because he was uh, so involved with the TV show. But uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing what themes that they bring up. And I have my ideas of where they're gonna go. I'm just psyched that uh, Sam Wilson gets to uh, gets to lead his own movie. I think it's gonna be awesome. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm sure they're gonna follow up some of the loose ends from uh, as Aubrey was saying. Some of the, they're gonna tie up some of the loose ends from uh, from the TV show. Excellent. All right. Well, is that it? That is it. That's all I got for the news. Awesome. All right. Well, we're gonna take a quick break, and then we're gonna come back and do a full review: Falcon and the Winter Soldier. My name is Nicholas Haskins, and I'd like a moment of your time to tell you about the 5th Annual Livestream for the Cure. To do that, I brought along two people whom I couldn't do this event without, Gerald Morris and Dan Brennick. Over the past four years, the Livestream for the Cure has raised over $30,000 for the Cancer Research Institute. That contribution is helping to fund research into cancer immunotherapy, training the body's immune system to fight all forms of cancer. This year, we're aiming for our biggest goal yet as we try to raise $15,000 in 50 hours on the air. Tune in May 19th through the 23rd as we're joined live by podcasters and content creators from around the world. With your help, we can continue the fight for a future immune to cancer. Together, we can make a difference. Alright guys, we all had a chance to watch the first season and possibly the only season of Falcon and the Winter Soldier uh, on Disney Plus and Aubrey, can you tell us what this TV show is about? Ah, shit. (laughs) (laughs) Falcon and the Winter Soldier are a mismatched duo who team up for a global adventure that will test their survival skills as well as their patience. All right, so as always, we're going to start with non-spoiler impressions, and Markellis will play the drop, delineating spoilers, so if you haven't finished it or you don't want to know, you can bounce. Otherwise, stick with us, and we'll keep talking a little more in depth. But to get started, what did you think of the show, Markellis Reagans? It was exactly what I wanted it to be. It's not perfect, but when they said that, when they announced that they were going to make a Falcon and Winter Soldier TV show, I had ideas of what I wanted. And this TV show completely gave it to me. All right. That's pretty high praise. Aubrey, what do you got for us? 
Um, it was good. I, I liked it. I especially liked looking at Sebastian Stan. <laughs> <laughs> so you are a stand for Sebastian Stan? <laughs> I am, yeah. Excellent. All right. Well, I also really liked it a lot, and uh, I thought it was great. And I liked looking at Sharon Carter. <laughs> <laughs> she can broker my power anytime. So, uh, yeah, uh, let's just go into spoilers. I, there's so much to talk about here, and, and there's no way to do it without spoiling. But you're getting a positive impression from all three of us. So if you haven't finished the series, you know, go check it out, finish it up, and come on back, and we'll talk a little bit more. So let's drop the drop and let's spoil Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Spoiler alert. I had seen the future and I had to prevent it. All right. So we'll start with, uh, like we always do, things that we liked. And Mark Ellis, you, you seem to be a pretty big fan over there of the show. So give us some things that you liked about the series. All right. So some of the things I liked. I love the action sequences um, that they started to show off with just to give you an idea of what you were getting into. I thought the the rescue scene in uh, the first episode was amazing. I thought the the big battle in the final episode was pretty amazing. I liked all of the performances. Uh, I liked the fact that it was really connected to Captain America: The Winter Soldier movie. You know, it brought back characters from specifically from that movie, and even brought back the uh, Mission Impossible mask <laughs> that the only time you ever saw it was in. Uh, Winter Soldier, and then no one ever used it again until no, now. No, they, they used it in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. also. Oh, <laughs> again, no one saw. <laughs> Hashtag it's all connected. Again, no one saw it used at all. Because <laughs> no one watched Agents <laughs> of S.H.I.E.L.D. Asshole. Fuck you, man. <laughs> um, I love the fact that, well, I love the fact that they went full head on into being, trying to be as comic accurate as they can. Like, they brought Zemo in, and Zemo was awesome. They put him in the purple mask, even though it didn't make sense at all. <laughs> but it's like someone had the comic book, and they're like, he's wearing a, he's wearing a mask in a comic book, so we got to do it on the show. And the same thing with, with Sam's costume. Like, when, when uh, spoiler alert, when Sam shows up in a Captain America costume, I'm like, oh, I wonder how they're going to, like, redesign it. I wonder how they're going to, like, change it up. Turns out, all they did was look right at the comic book. It's exactly the same. Uh, same thing for uh, U.S. Agent, too. His costume looks like it just stepped right out of the pages. Um, I love everything with Isaiah Bradley. Uh, when he had his little cameo in the beginning, I wasn't sure if they were going to... I wasn't sure if I was going to feel satisfied with his story. It just didn't seem like there was enough time to really get the depth of what this character meant uh, and how it was going to tie into the story. But by the time it got to the end, I was completely on board. Loved Isaiah Bradley's story. I'm so glad they brought him into it. And again, I like the performances. I really like Bucky's um, or Sebastian Stan's performance when he's in Wakanda uh, during the deprogramming scene. I thought he was amazing in that. And I love the Dora Milaje just showing up. I love Wakanda being represented in this TV show. Because again, it's it ties right back to the Winter Soldier. Um, those are characters and that situation kind of sprawn off from there. This is almost like a direct sequel to that movie. And it was great. I just love seeing them. But, uh, yeah, that's all the things that I loved about the show. Yep. All right. Cool. Uh, Aubrey, how about you? Um, I, I agree with, with what Mark said for the most part. I do like the Dora Mandelage. I thought that they were fantastic. And it was really funny how uh, Sebastian Stan was just like, well, you're not going to win that fight, so go ahead. And 
I did. I really enjoy Sam's story arc, how he doesn't feel worthy. And then by the end, you know, he, he does. And in, in Bucky's too, like both of them had a very good story arc and they did develop as characters throughout the show. I enjoyed Zemo. I thought that he was really funny. I wish that um, the Dormelage like actually brought him somewhere other than the raft mm-hmm. for a prison. Uh, but you know it, it is what it is. Uh, what else? Did I like, I did like the ending with Isaiah Bradley because I didn't quite understand what was going on there and why Sam kept coming back to him and why it was a big deal. And then in the end, they kind of tied that together. I was surprised by the end with Sharon Carter. And, of course, I liked looking at Sebastian Stan the whole time. So, <laughs> All right. Cool. Well, uh, I can agree with both of you guys. There are a lot of things to like here. And right off the bat, it, like you said, Mark, it feels like a continuation of Winter Soldier slash some of Civil War. And like I said, those being my favorite superhero trilogy of all time. Like uh, that's great. Anytime I can get more of that kind of feel was great. I was so happy to see Batrock the Leaper come back. Yeah. Georges St. Pierre. Yeah. One of the greatest mixed martial artists of all time returning in his role. That's fucking great. Uh, I was really surprised when the Dora Milaje showed up. Wasn't expecting that. How, how do you think that one woman feels that plays AO? Like she literally had a bit part in civil war. <laughs> yeah her job was to stand there and i think she had one line and now she's like a major part of everything going <laughs> like this is the kind of shit this is why people are like i gotta get on a marvel movie this is why fucking angelina jolie is like i gotta get on a marvel movie yeah <laughs> get me in this shit like this girl's got a job for the rest of her life now whether it's on these shows or or just going to cons and signing autographs like <laughs> it's crazy i was not expecting i didn't I wasn't expecting them to show up at all. I wasn't expecting it to be the same uh, characters and actresses from the Winter Soldier and Civil War and stuff like that. So that was really surprising. Um, I kind of figured Sharon was the power broker because her story didn't make a lot of sense. Right. (laughs) She was uh, disowned by the government. She was on the run. That part I could understand because, like, you know, she wasn't an Avenger and she was a fugitive, blah, blah, blah. But, like, all of a sudden – but she also has access to all this stuff and she has, like, priceless art that she's selling. Like, I don't know. Something didn't really sit me sit right with me with her story. So I was like, there's something shady going on here. I didn't expect her to be, like, evil, but no. I mean, is she really evil, though? Who knows? It would be really sad if in the new movie her and Bucky have some sort of romance. Well, but then will Bucky then dump her and like go back in time to date like a different aunt of her? <laughs> it should always be me. She thought but she was cashing out. Me. She's like, I got Captain America. We're making out. And then he's like, all right, well, your aunt's really hot and has big ass titties. So I'm out of here. God. <laughs> 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 oh, so uh, Baron Zemo was amazing in this. Like he had. Pretty much like the best lines of the whole series. He, j- even the dancing scene with him is fucking hilarious. That's a meme that will never go away. So, uh, yeah. I, and I got to tell you, Mark, I loved him having the purple mask. And I know it doesn't make 100% sense, but mm-hmm. fuck it. It, <laughs> it looked great. It looked great. It was cool. I liked it a lot. So, uh, yeah. So, with the good must come the bad. So, Mark, tell us, what are some things he didn't like about the show? 
I did not like Sharon Carter's story at all. Like, I didn't like that arc that she's the power broker. Because, number one, it, it they didn't hide it at all. <laughs> or they didn't hide it that well. Like, when she says, I have access to satellites, and then the next scene, Carly is calling Sam's sister. <laughs> How did she know where, where I am? She has access to satellites. Uh, it's a power broker. It was, it was Sharon all along. So, yeah, I, didn't, I don't like her being a bad guy. I don't like her... Like, when we last saw her, she was training to be a, an FBI agent, right? Like, wasn't that the last scene of uh, her appearance in Captain America? No, and, because she helped um, them steal the shield back and all that stuff. So, she was technically on the run. What, what movie was she – did she get fired or did she quit S.H.I.E.L.D.? Oh, no, that was – That was in Winter Soldier. Civil War is when she, she gave him uh, – she gave him right. the wings and the shield. Oh, okay. All right, that makes sense. That makes sense. I still never it. saw her again. So. I still don't like her being a bad guy. I mean, it makes sense. I don't like it. I like and, her though. Yeah, I like her too. I don't want to. I don't want to see her like get shot and shot again <laughs> and die, turn into a bad guy. I don't want that. I did. I thought Bucky's story, his uh, his redemption, not redemption, but his his payoff story with the old Asian dude. I thought there was going to be more to that. Again, Sebastian Stan is just turning in, just like an amazing performance as Bucky. And he, you know, he goes to the, and we all know where it's going. He goes to the guy's house. He confesses that his son was killed by the Winter Soldier and he is the Winter Soldier. And you're like, okay, what's going to be the after effect of that? And they don't really show anything. They just show the old guy back at the bar having a drink. Uh, The girl that he was on a date with is kind of, you know, chilling. And, you know, he kind of nods and that's it. I wanted a little bit more emotional payoff. They seem to rush right through that. Yeah, that old guy was like, all right, well, thanks. I'm going to go try to hook up with this hot chick that you didn't <laughs> right. go on a second date with. Bye. Right. <laughs> so he's like, so you're saying though, uh, there's a chance, right? I can, I can yeah. up with this girl. <laughs> so you're saying she's single. Though. <laughs> <laughs> um, And something that I don't know if I could say that I didn't like it. And it's something that's probably going to pay off in the movie. But John Walker lying to Lamar's family about um about their son's death. Like they were, they kind of put that little seed there that that was going to come back to bite him or do something, and it didn't really happen. Uh, instead, he kind of had his little redemption story where now he's a good guy, kind of ish. Yeah, ish, exactly. So yeah, I, I thought guess, that was more just him not really wanting to take responsibility for what he had done. So you don't think that's like a seed for something else that might um that might unravel down the road? No. Okay. It's more just showing him as not being the best person. Because gotcha. in if you think about it, like Steve Rogers would have stepped up and told him exactly what happened. <laughs> so right. It was just another example of how he's not Captain America. <laughs> uh, and I thought it was funny that all of the scenes with uh, Julie Louis Dreyfus all took place inside of that Senate chamber. <laughs> it's like we have this set. Uh, we just need Julia Louis Dreyfus to come in for like a day. And we're just gonna film her in the bench. You can film her in the room. Like why would they? Why would they de- debut his new costume inside of a Senate chamber? It didn't make any sense at all, other than he was just trying it on. Yeah, wouldn't you? Wouldn't there be any other places that something like that would be tried on, except for a courtroom? Look, man, they had Julia Louis <laughs> Dreyfus for one day. That's, that's what I'm saying, and it shows. <laughs> and I don't understand why she was there anyway, because she said she was a countess. So, what is or a countessa? What is she doing in a Senate chamber? Don't worry about it. All all will be revealed. She's like the the Nick Fury of the the new phase. Um, from she what I can like understand, 
in the comics, she was a member of, of the Sh- of Shield and the Howling Commandos, and then she was uh, like a triple agent that worked for Hydra, and uh, ended up becoming Madame Hydra at one point. So, um, I like I like Joy Louis Dreyfus. I just wanted to say she is. I like her bringing her little comedic chops to the to the part. It adds some levity to it. I enjoyed that. Um, but that's it. Those are the only things that I really didn't like. Everything else I okay. thought was pretty cool. Uh, Aubrey, anything for you? Um, I don't feel like this show held as much excitement for me as WandaVision did. Like, I wasn't dying to watch the episodes each time they were uh, released. So that was kind of sad for me. It was really action-packed, but it wasn't like, oh, I can't wait to see who the power broker is because I had a feeling it was Sharon Carter. And then, oh, I can't wait to see how this ends because I already knew how it was going to end. So it wasn't as uh, exciting for me as I felt like WandaVision it was. Like, you had no idea what was going to happen in WandaVision. And so that kind of fell flat for me. That was pretty much the only gripe I have, I guess. All right. Well, I don't have a lot myself that I disliked about it. I think some of the storylines got a little fucked over by them having to stop shooting and not being able to do stuff because of covid um, I know this this series had production delays because of COVID, so uh, I don't know how much of it is attributed to that. Or, or in, I don't. The scary thing is, I think that it's attributable to the showrunner who's now going to turn around and run the Captain America sequel that's coming out because uh, some of the stuff could get some short shrift. Uh, Infus Nest and the Flag Smashers. Yeah, um, I liked them, and I liked the idea of I liked what the series was trying to do there, but I didn't feel like it hit a home run with them <laughs> like it it, it it was like a solid double right i didn't i never got the feeling one way or the other am i and i, I think the idea was supposed to be that you weren't 100 percent supposed to be a, sure like do i agree with them do i not agree with them oh i agree with them because like sam for example agrees with them but he didn't agree with their methods but i couldn't really get my brain around like do i agree with them because i don't really understand what they were fighting for because we've never seen uh, like extended periods of time inside the the time when the blip happened. You know what I mean? Like we've seen bits and pieces here in Endgame and other shows or or whatnot. But and obviously it was played for laughs in Spider Man. But we've yep. never really seen what that looked like from a lay person's point of view. That these people would be who are now supporting the Flag Smashers because they want to go back to that or they feel fucked over by stuff going on. So I don't have a frame of reference for like am i supposed to care for what they're doing am i supposed to feel bad am i supposed to want them to succeed but i don't agree with them so like i I really felt they they had the short shrift i mean even honestly if they had done seven episodes of this series and then just one in the middle just spent a whole hour with them from pre-blip to now getting us up to speed on everything that they were fighting for and what they were was going on it would have probably put this over the top but honestly, that's probably like really my only complaint uh, about the series was just I wish they'd gone a little more in depth into that. And uh, anything else? Yeah, I think that they were definitely trying to shortcut that. I mean, I, I agree with you, but I think they were trying to shortcut having to explain it all by having the characters just kind of let you know what was happening. Um, mm-hmm. And then the fact that they did have to change some stuff around for um, uh, for the the pause during uh, COVID uh, definitely changed, changed their script around some. So yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. It didn't totally land, but I, one thing that I did find amazing was the the scene of uh, 
a bunch of uh, people in a building that were right about to make a vote and then <laughs> a bunch of people outside like crashing a building and like, hmm, where have I seen that before? <laughs> Why right. is this we'll so get familiar? into that in a second. We'll get into that in a second. But yeah, I mean, that was really about it for me, though. Um, um, and I was also kind of upset that Battlestar died. So, yeah, I was surprised by that, too. I was hoping he was going to stick around. I like the actor that was portraying him. And I, that's a really cool, fun, like Z grade character from the comics. So, um, seeing him get his due on, <laughs> on a MCU television show, it was like, Whoa, Battlestar. Are you kidding me? He didn't even get his fucking pointy shield or anything. I was pretty upset. So, and then he died. So yeah. <laughs> maybe he'll come back. Maybe they got him hooked up to some tubes somewhere. <laughs> uh, maybe I'll start a billboard next week and uh, bring back Battlestar. <laughs> Hashtag bring back Battlestar. I think we can afford one in like downtown Hoyoke where no one looks at it. (laughs) All right. So let's ask some questions. I got some questions for you guys. Um, Now, Aubrey, you mentioned it a little bit, but did you prefer this or WandaVision? WandaVision. I definitely preferred WandaVision. I like the hook in WandaVision. I like the mystery in WandaVision. And I was excited to watch WandaVision every single week. You think it was just the storyline style, like it's just one was more of a mystery box and this was way more straightforward? Probably. Yeah, this one was definitely way more straightforward. And for me, if I'm going to watch something that's straightforward, I might as well just binge it. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be tuning in every single week to see it. Now, did the length of the episodes, do you think, affect that? Is it a half hour instead of an hour? Oh, God, that was so painful that it was an hour. <laughs> I liked it, but it, it, was, it was really painful that it was an hour. Oof, okay, uh, Mark, how about you? Uh, I prefer Falcon and Winter Soldier over WandaVision. Although, I agree, WandaVision, the way it was designed, it definitely made me like, you know, like, oh my God, it's almost Friday. You know, it made me excited for the next episode because it was kind of unraveling. But I like my my uh, superhero stories a lot more straight through point a point b and i think it makes that that end the emotional uh drama that they serve up at the end a lot more impactful for me anyway i think wandavision might have their attempt i think was a little bit more successful than falcon and winter soldier but i enjoyed falcon and winter soldier more Mm -hmm. and what about you in terms of length of episode i didn't even care i didn't care about the length like the hour just flew by totally Mm -hmm. fine with it Okay. Yeah, I mean, I I probably preferred WandaVision more, but you have to understand that I also have a gigantic crush on Elizabeth Olsen, so that that was a huge like factor <laughs> in the decision. Um, if if she had showed up in this show in the mas- magic show outfit, like maybe it would put this one over the top, but um, and it just was a different type of show. Like Aubrey said, it, it had a, a flow where it was a mystery unraveling. So every week you're like, Whoa, I got to tune in and see what happens where this was more straightforward, like hour long, um, not drama, but like, you know, drama action type thing. And it's just like the difference between watching something like guardians of galaxy or watching something like winter soldier. They're just different tones to the movie. And some people prefer one over the other. So, uh, I feel like, they're both awesome. It's like trying to pick between your kids, but like I preferred WandaVision, I think over this just for that fun. Cause this didn't have that like every week for six days in between the internet was on fire with like crazy theories and all sorts of stuff. Cause there wasn't anything to theorize about this. 
um, the power broker mystery really wasn't a mystery. Like I said, from the first like episode that they introduce it, you can kind of deduce what's going on because there's only so many characters mm-hmm. and Sharon was very shady. Um, so there wasn't much to discuss like that. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't driving huge amounts of discussion online with people like trying to figure out how like the entire Fox X-Men like cast was going to show up in the finale or any nonsense like that. So, um, so they're just different type of shows, but I liked both of them. I didn't care about the length of episode either. Um, cause this one was only six episodes anyway. So it felt like it was over before it got started half the time, but yeah, it didn't bother me at all. But what about another thing that people are talking about online is there's a lot of politics in this. Marcellus, how'd you feel about all the politics in this show? Uh, you know, I knew there was going to be, well, with Malcolm Spellman being a head writer, I knew he was going to figure out a way to work it into it. I just was just hoping that it wasn't going to be, that it was going to remember that despite all of that, this is still a comic book TV show. I was hoping it was going to follow in the tradition of like the original Marvel comics where, you know, we're going to talk about, uh, you know, social commentary, but we're also going to, you know, you know, we're going to beat up some monsters and do all of that fun shit. Um, and I think... Um, I, I am very happy with how it all balanced out. I thought Sam's speech at the end was a tad too long, but I definitely understand why all of that needed to be said, and it made perfect sense. There had to be kind of an arc to it um, to put all of the cards on the table. So I, I appreciated that it, that that was there, and yeah, I loved all of the uh, the commentaries on um, uh, what it, what it's like to be black in America, what it's like to be a black man walking down the street and have the cops instantly think that you are causing the trouble are causing trouble even though you're not doing anything even if you're an avenger even if you save the world even if captain america is like one of your best buddies they don't care they still think you still can't get a bank loan you can't do yeah there's there's always going to be forces against you just by being yourself and the fact that they were able to put that into a, a disney superhero tv show and have it make sense and not have it like feel like a record was skipped or like you know like something stopped and everyone is like oh you know paying attention to it it just kind of flows right into, into the story i enjoyed it i thought it was handled really well i was a little worried about it but i thought it wove in and out seamlessly except for sam's speech at the end and it really makes me excited for what they're going to do for the movie because i know it's mm-hmm. going to be a lot more in that all right aubrey what about you with the uh, politics of the show um i thought it was very tactful I do think that it was it was done really well. I'm kind of tired of politics in general, but I wasn't I didn't roll my eyes over this one. Like, oh boy, here we go, politics. Super excited. <laughs> but it it was done really well. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I thought it was really done not tactfully, but like or well, you know. Yeah, I mean it wasn't in your face where it was annoying. It made sense in the flow of the story and you weren't going to be able to tell this story without touching upon those things. So yep. uh, I, I just thought it was really well done. My favorite part as a white person was anytime black people weren't on screen. No, it was, <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> um, I really appreciated when Sam was talking to Bucky about it in his backyard and Bucky was just like, I had no idea like what it would be like giving you the shield, you know, because sometimes I feel that way, too. Like, I don't I'm not a bad person or anything, but I, I just don't know, like the experience of what Mark has gone through. And I'm not like trying to 
like discounted or anything, but I'm just like, I don't know. So like maybe I did something wrong or I didn't do something right. And you just feel like, oh man, I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> like I, I'm just trying to do my best and be your boy, but like maybe I did something wrong. So like, I, I really like empathized with Bucky in that moment. I was like, oh man, all right, I, I feel it. And then he was trying to, after all that, they had their moment and then he was trying to bang his sister. So <laughs> <laughs> wasn't trying to bang her, you know, he just, you know, just saying what's up, you know? Test the waters. Broke my right. heart. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you owned a boat, Aubrey. You know. Yeah, or or were a bartender, then uh, you know maybe yeah. you would have stood a chance. I am a bartender. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Give me that food from the party at the end. Let's go. <laughs> so, Joy, does this mean you're going to cancel your petition to change the name of the show to uh, The Winter Soldier and Falcon? <laughs> uh, Black Falcon <laughs> and The Winter Soldier. <laughs> Uh, please sign this petition where the, the show is okay. called White Wolf <laughs> and a Black Falcon. <laughs> this, this Captain America four should be Bucky as Captain America, and then <laughs> and then Sam becomes uh, Black Winter Soldier. <laughs> <laughs> he just changes superhero identities every movie. That's right. That'd be great. Uh, no, so let's see what else do I have. All right, so. What do you think is going to happen going forward with John Walker, Mark Kelly? Uh, I'm sure there's going there's going to be some kind of event where the he's gonna, I think he's going to become like a Black Widow working for Nick Fury type of character. Where there's going to be an event, we're going to need America to go in there and do the right thing above above board, and then he's going to be sent in there to kind of not undermine but handle some kind of dark ops that no one is supposed to know about. And um, they're going to wind up crashing um, his, his his ideas of what he wants to do right versus Sam's ideas, ideas of what he wants to do. Right. They're going to come head to head. OK. Um, Aubrey, what about you? Um, I don't know. I haven't put much thought into it. I think it's it's interesting because he's still having a lot of uh, mental grief going on and in disturbance and. So it's going to be really interesting to see how he plays out and if he can maintain being on the good side or if he's going to falter a little. Do you guys think he was redeemed at the end of the show or do you think he's still kind of an asshole? He just has a face that makes you want to punch it. So. <laughs> <laughs> Marcellus, do you think he was redeemed? Uh, hmm. it's, it's tough to say. A little bit, yes. Yeah, I will say that, yeah, I feel that he was redeemed for this particular show. Um, I think now that he has the super serum and he has the authority to go out and do some other shit, that's going to get to his head again, and he's just going to become a bigger asshole than he already presented himself to be. Even though his dad is Santa Claus. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe he could cross over into Deadpool and beat up Bell Snickle for us. (laughs) He would be the hero of the day. But. Maybe he is Belsnickel, but an adult. Oh, God. No, I don't think so. Um, <laughs> I think he's going to show up again. I, I hope they're building towards Thunderbolts. But I, I, I'm sad as a comic fan that they're I don't feel like they're building towards the right version of Thunderbolts. So it makes me upset. So, you know, Thunderbolts had a couple incarnations in the comics, uh, one of them being kind of like Marvel's version of Suicide Squad, where it was like Punisher, Elektra, 
U.S. Agent, uh, Agent Venom, Red Hulk, like kind of those kind of like uh, on quote unquote on the edge characters doing like Black Ops missions. And I think that might be where they're heading. Um, sadly, uh, you know, they have Zemo. So I'd love to see them do the first incarnation of Thunderbolts, which was it, it came out with all it was all new characters as uh, superheroes. And the first issue is almost like uh, Invincible. The first issue is just very boring, like generic, like very generic, like uh, superhero comic until you get to the very last page when they get back to headquarters and they take off their masks. And it's actually Baron Zemo and the Masters of Evil um, in disguise uh, because the Avengers were out of commission. So they were going to fill the void, get everyone's um, trust and then take over the world. So uh, that's more interesting to me, but I don't think we're going to do that. So. Uh, hopefully some kind of hybrid of it would be nice but anytime we can get more zemo would be great i did really like um u.s agent uh the actor and the character i don't like him but like i liked the what they did with it like you weren't supposed to like him and that was the point so and it worked because he sucked (laughs) and it was enjoyable seeing him get his ass kicked by the door melange so (laughs) like everyone in the room when we were watching it was just like oh when he touched her I'm like don't do that <laughs> don't you do that <laughs> all right well that's going to do it for our discussion of falcon and the winter soldier let's get a score out of five with five being the best and zero being the worst aubrey what do you got i'm gonna give it a four all right four it's very good out of five mark ellis yourself uh, the Isaiah Bradley scene at the end had me weeping like a kid. So uh, I'm giving it a 4.5 out of 5. All right. I'm going to go 4.5 out of 5 as well. Like I said, I love the characters. I love a lot of stuff that happened with it. I just wish there were a few tweaks here and there. They could have made it even perfecter. It would have been perfecter. I don't know if that's a word. <laughs> it would have been perfect if they made a few tweaks. And it was probably COVID's fault anyway. So 4.5 out of 5 for me. And that's our review. Falcon and the Winter Soldier on Disney+. Plus. All right, guys. It's time to wrap it up before we tap it up and get some recommendations for the listeners out there. What do you got, Aubrey? Uh, Pokemon Snap is actually being released on Friday, which is super exciting. They haven't done a Pokemon Snap movie since N64, so I'm really excited to see how they do it on the Switch. And, of course, I've had it pre-ordered for ever. Uh, so I'm really excited. So everybody should go out and get it. Wow. Oh, snap. <laughs> All right. Marcellus, what about you? Uh, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure we already recommended it to everyone before. Uh, but, uh, each one of us from so wizard got to be a guest on another podcast called wait. You haven't seen dot, 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 where each one of us got to discuss a movie that we haven't seen, uh, with, uh, the host of the show, Travis, and it was, and I did my episode a little while ago, and it was a lot of fun. So I would say I want to recommend everyone go to tvstravis.com is his website, and you'll be able to find the episodes, and you'll find an episode with Joey, Aubrey, Adam, and myself, each one of us discussing a movie that we haven't seen yet and our thoughts. And on what it. was your movie, Mark Ellis? Uh, my movie was Event Horizon, which I had never seen because whenever someone brought it up, I immediately thought of Enemy Mine with uh, Dennis Quaid and Louis Gossett Jr. And I'm like, hey, I've seen that movie. Um, that's a good movie, too. Though. Yeah, that's an amazing movie. So, you know, it sat on the video shelf, like pretty close to each other under sci-fi. And they both have like this greenish blue two guys on a cover uh, image for the for the cover box. So I just I just mix them up. Um, so, yeah, I finally saw Event Horizon. Yay. 
And uh, you can hear all, all about right. it on the next episode of Wait You Haven't Seen. Da, da, da. <laughs> all right. Well, I will tell everyone to go to SoWizardPodcast.com where they can find the podcast every week. Links to all our social media accounts on the right-hand side of the page. There's movie reviews. There's streaming picks. There's so much more at SoWizardPodcast.com. Don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music. Just about anywhere under the sun you find podcasts. We will be there. Check out our YouTube channel. Go to YouTube.com backslash SoWizardPodcast. There's hours of free exclusive content on there, including interviews with actors, actresses, directors, writers for a ton of uh, recent releases. There's uh, unboxings, trailer reactions, tons of stuff there. So check out our YouTube channel. Of course, you can support us on Patreon. Go to patreon.com backslash podcast where you can monetarily support the show and get extra exclusive content, including uh, extra episodes of the podcast, our exclusive Star Wars video podcast, and more. I will suggest that you go if you have a Nintendo Switch and you like blowing money like I do, go check out uh, Limited Run Games because currently one of their limited run games that they're uh, pre-ordering is the Neo Geo Pocket Color Selections Volume 1. So it's a uh, compilation of Neo Geo Pocket Color games. You may remember that system from a long time ago. Not too many people had it. Uh, but it's a collection of a bunch of games that came out for it. So you're getting Samurai Showdown 2. Uh, Fatal Fury, SNK versus Capcom match the Millennium. That's one I'm most excited about. And some Metal Slug and Big Tournament Golf and a couple others, too. Uh, I pre-ordered that. It should be out in three to four months. So maybe I'll do an unboxing when it comes in and check it out. I also pre-ordered Aubrey um, from the same company. It's a limited run physical release of uh, Republic Commando for Switch. Yes, I did see that, that that was being released. Yep, so now I'm hooked on uh, limited edition physical releases of games that cost too much money. Fantastic. Another thing <laughs> to add to the list. So, But that, my friends, is going to do it for episode number 351 of the So Wizard Podcast. I have been your host, Joey DiCarlo. My co-hosts are the queen of all nerds, Aubrey Litchfield. Sebastian Stan, call me. <laughs> and the expert, the power broker, Mr. Markellis Reagan. Uh, Carly Morgenthal with all of those freckles why don't you give me a call uh, Wakanda forever <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you guys next week when we review Mortal Kombat good journey